Welcome to the Grow Podcast. I'm Christy McSweeney, and if you run a business or are thinking of taking the leap, this podcast is for you. I'll be interviewing special guests who run small businesses to large corporations. Each episode will include practical tips and advice to help your business thrive in this changing environment, relayed to you by people who have done it, are doing it, and some who have even done it multiple times. Proudly presented to you by Census, Australia's number one supporter of small and medium-sized businesses. Welcome to the Grow Podcast. Today, I will be chatting with Sir John Kerwin, Dr. Fiona Crichton, John Allen and Catherine Newton about mental health in the workplace. Sir John Kerwin was an all-black winger from 1984 to 1994. He became a Sir in 2012, not only for his contribution to rugby, but also for services to mental health. Sir John has been a tireless campaigner to increase the awareness of depression and anxiety, which he has himself experienced. Dr. Fiona Crichton is a health psychology specialist with hands-on experience designing effective programs to improve health behaviour and well-being. Together, they have developed the Mentimia Mental Wellness app that has been downloaded more than 100,000 times in Australia and New Zealand. John Allen has been the CEO of Census for just over seven years with many decades as a newspaper publisher. Census has been working closely with Are You OK for many years. Catherine Newton is CEO of Are You OK? Are You OK's vision is a world where we're all connected and are protected from suicide and their mission is to inspire and empower people to meaningfully connect with those in their world and lend support when they are struggling with their life. Starting with you, Sir John Kerwin, better known as JK, there are many initiatives, including apps, to help people manage their mental health. But you recently launched Mentimia, which is Italian for my mind. Mentimia is an app that is packed with evidence-based ideas and tools to help people learn how to be well and how to stay well. Can you tell me how the idea for the app came about and how is it helping people across the world? It's been so successful in Australia and New Zealand already. Uh, Well, the idea actually came about because one night I wanted to jump out of a window. I was hiding my mental health, my anxiety. I was an anxiety-based depressant and I was hiding it from everyone and it really came to a head one night on an all-black tour in Argentina where what would happen is I've had these anxiety attacks and I'd end up shaking. So I'd hide them from, you know, my my teammates. And I'd had a real hard day because when, when you're unwell, a minute feels like an hour, an hour feels like a day, and a day feels like a week. So what happened was, you know, I just had a guts full really and I was incredibly tired of fighting this thing. And the window was open. I can always remember looking over and and seeing the window open, and I just decided I was going to run and jump out. But the guy lying next to me, his name is Michael Jones, actually Sir Michael Jones, he said to me, you know, JK, you've got a good heart. And those words really saved my life. So I get home and I finally reach out to my doctor. What he told me, which was incredibly said, JK, this is an illness, not a weakness, because I thought it was me, because depression and anxiety does three things. Takes away your self-esteem, takes away your self-confidence, 
and takes away enjoyment in life. So life without those three things is pretty crappy. So what happened after that was, and I don't like using this word because it sounds a bit fluffy, I went on this journey of understanding what I need because I was just surviving, right? And what I wanted to do was get back to thriving. And so I went to a psychiatrist and I learned all these tools and techniques that keep me incredibly well on a daily basis now. So about Four years, five years after that, I decided to become the face of mental health in our country for our government. And what we did is we created a thing called depression.org.nz, which was the first ever online self-help tool. And I was very lucky to meet my business partner, Adam Clark, who has a tech background. So really what we wanted to do was put depression.org on steroids, but really what we wanted to give people was the tools and techniques that they need on an everyday situation to keep themselves well. You've recently added digital JK to the app. How did that come about and what do you see the role of digital JK being? Yeah, well, look, the problem with our mental health across the world is it's now at a pandemic stage, right? So I know we've just all been through a pandemic with COVID, but last year, 800,000 people committed suicide. In New Zealand, it's 1.5 people a day. In Australia, you know, eight attempts and eight suicides. So this is a pandemic And we really need to get the resource around how we're going to cope with these problems. So what we wanted to look at across the world, and this has been backed up by a lot of research, is that, you know, a lot of people would prefer to speak to a digital human about their mental health because it doesn't judge. And so what we wanted to do with Mentimia is we wanted to be at the forefront of that technology. The technology is not quite there yet, but it's pretty amazing. But what we want people to have is a really a life coach in their pocket. You know, for example, I spent a lot of time and money on on psychiatrists and it was well worth it. But I probably wouldn't go back now, but I would go to a digital human for some of the little problems we might have. So what we decided with Mentimia was to turn me into a digital human and be a sleep coach, the first sleep coach. So something that, you know, we can all relate to. It's a big part of mental health. And as Mentimia grows, what we'd like to do is to add to that, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be me. And what we also say, you know, because it's not for everyone. I took it home, my wife said to me, what the bloody hell are you doing? What is that? You know, because it wasn't really for her. But then all my kids went, wow, dad, that's so cool. I'd so do that. And what's happening is, a lot of the stats around the world are proving that people will go to AI for their mental health. So that's what we wanted to do. It was an amazing journey as well. I went to Hollywood and had all these, you know, photos taken of me making different sort of faces. So now I've got this guy that's forever going to stay young. (laughs) Now, many people who listen to this podcast, JK, are small business owners, medium business owners, and even owners of really large corporations. You've had many transitions in your career, elite sports person, technology entrepreneur, mental health advocate. How have you found the transition from elite sports person to owning and running a business? Yeah, well, I think I have a lot of insecurities. I felt dumb, right? I got told I was dumb at school. I've never passed an exam in my life. And so one of the problems with my mental health was I felt dumb. So I actually had to deal with it first. So what what happened was, I think there's two things. Change is always scary, but what I try and do is approach it in a courageous way. And the other thing I don't believe in is I don't believe in failure. And I think that's been a really, really liberating thing for me. 
what I think failure is, is not trying. And often it'll be our own fear or the fear of failure that stops us doing some amazing things. So I guess the best advice I, I could give is be really aware of your own strengths and don't worry about your weakness. Just get someone to help you with them. I mean, I've been really, really fortunate with my business partner, Adam, and, you know, Fiona. Fiona's an, an amazing woman who can actually turn the science and, the, and, and, you know, the things that used to scare me into plain English for people. Adam had his own technological company. And we are all equals because we all bring something to the table. So I think for the small business owner, especially now, you know, coming out of COVID and understanding what the future looks like, I just say walk towards it and fail fast and keep going. You know, we don't know often what the future will bring and especially COVID has taught us that. So yeah, be courageous. Um, There's no such thing as failure, but fail fast and learn and keep breaking it and keep moving forward and rely on your strengths and don't worry about your weaknesses. Just cover it with someone really way better than you. JK, when you and the team designed Mentimia, you specifically designed it as a tool for workplaces and for corporations to use to foster the health and well-being and the mental health and well-being of their employees. Why did you design it as a corporate tool for workplaces? We believe that it is the next big thing in business from a productivity point of view. So we believe that if you genuinely look after the mental health of your people, And that means reaching out to their extended family as well through the program. Then you will get retention of the good people and also better productivity because your staff will be happier. I mean, we have so many things in our lives now to organize that it's just about stressful. You know, you've got this thing and that thing and that thing organizes that and all that. But really, I believe the future is the mental health of their people. And we felt the best way to get the best reach is actually through businesses. And what we found is that CEOs who genuinely care about their people have understood that there is no work-life balance anymore. It's just life. And sometimes the stress and pressure of work can put you know pressure on your home life and vice versa. You know, I think the other interesting thing for me is that stress and anxiety has now become the new norm. So, you know, people working 11 o'clock at night, doing emails on a Sunday morning, you know, never switching off. We get more inputs into our brain in one day than our grandparents had in a lifetime. Now, what we're saying is that we need to be able to give people the tools and techniques to deal with that. If your mind's on a treadmill, you've got to have the techniques to stop it. I don't mind if you want to do emails at 11 o'clock at night, but are you unplugging that computer and plugging it back in five or six times a day so you're not tired? People wake up tired when they've had an eight-hour sleep. So how do we get these mental health tools and techniques to deal with this modern world? So that was was the whole idea, and we think that businesses is the best way to, to reach our people. JK, as we know, when you work in a large corporation or a very large business, you have access to employee assistance programs and other mental health support mechanisms to help you manage your mental health and well-being in the workplace. But if you run a smaller business, how do you ensure that you are looking after your staff's mental health and what sort of support is out there for smaller business owners who might want to help their staff? Like you say, some of the bigger businesses, you know, they'll have an HR department. But what we want is for small businesses to be able to pick up Mentor Me, we will make it really affordable. And then what we want to be able to create is that, you know, that well-being ecosystem for your business that 
you can gift to your workers and give them the same things that some of the bigger companies benefit from. So for us, it's for, for everyone. Calling on your experience now, Dr. Fiona Crichton, as a health psychology specialist with hands-on experience designing effective programs to improve health behaviour and well-being. The recently released Productivity Commission report into mental health included a chapter on mentally healthy workplaces. The report stated that the benefits of improving workplace mental health include lower employee absenteeism, increased productivity, and reduced mental health-related compensation claims. What other benefits do you see for businesses? So the benefits that I see for businesses beyond productivity and absenteeism and and reduced absenteeism and reduced presenteeism, which is when people turn up for work and they're there, but they're not really there because that's what happens when you're stressed. There are benefits over and above that when you take mental health seriously in the workplace. And those are the three things that I talk about, which is retention. You're going to keep your good staff because it's a good place to work. You're going to have reputation. People want to work in a place that allows you to be who you are, to bring your authentic self to work, that looks after you beyond your time at work. We talk about work-life harmony now because it might not be balanced, but a a workplace that understands that you are more than, than work, you're going to end up with a great reputation. Good people will want to work there. And the third thing I think is innovation. That is one of the benefits of an organization that looks after their people because a workplace that encourages good mental health allows people to fail, to take risks, to speak up. And in those organizations, that's where innovation happens. Fiona, unfortunately, some workplaces can undermine the good mental health of employees and exacerbate mental health problems. What signs should businesses look for to ensure this doesn't happen? I think all businesses need to be cognizant or aware of what I call the five C's. And those five C's are communication, culture, coaching, career, and comfort. And I'm going to talk about that in more detail. When I talk communication, it feels like a truism to say that communication is important in businesses. Whether you've got two or three staff or you've got 500 staff, communication is important. And it's because a human need is to make things as certain as possible. And when in a business, we don't communicate decisions, or we don't communicate our values properly, or we don't communicate with our staff or with the people around us, that creates a feeling of uncertainty. And when we come to work and we don't know what to expect, that can lead to great stress. So ensuring that you have good processes to communicate your vision, communicate your decisions promptly, because when People think that change is afoot and they haven't been told about it. Their brains fill in the gaps and they often go to the worst possible scenario. Creating a culture where it's safe to fail, creating a culture where it's safe to speak up, creating a culture that actually pays more than lip service to to inclusion and diversity and has fair process. All of those are things that are incredibly important for well-being and also a productive workplace. The third C is coaching. And when I talk about coaching, really, I mean training and support. Everybody needs to feel like they are going to be empowered for the work that they're needing to do. So providing training and support for people who perhaps are responsible for other people, 
if we're leaders and we're looking after a group of people, you may have distressed people in your group, making sure that we're giving leaders the training they need to have difficult conversations or to recognize distress. So even in small businesses, you do need to make sure that the people that are working in your business know what their job is. Job clarity is really important. Understanding what my role is, getting feedback and recognition for a job well done. It's kind of a human need. And also for some people, the idea of advancement in some way. So for some people, it will be quite necessary to think about growth and development as part of their need to feel like they're going somewhere. And the last C is comfort. And comfort is really about having a workspace that isn't going to be harmful to you. Like, is, is the chair that I'm sitting in comfortable enough? Having a desk that's at the right height, having enough room to move around in, having some natural light if you can, having a place to go maybe for a walk at lunchtime, enforcing breaks, making sure that all of you, including leaders, that you take your breaks, making sure that your environment is comfortable as possible and conducive to well-being. And if you get those five C's right, you're going to have a, a cracking business. Fiona, small and medium business owners themselves can face significant stress with their livelihood and financial security on the line. What advice would you provide to business owners to ensure they make their mental health a priority? So, you know what you guys need to do is you need to take breaks in your day. You need to take some time to look out into nature because when you look into nature, that calms down the amygdala, the part of the brain that's responsible for the fight or flight response. We need to be doing small things every day, no matter who we are, to look after our daily well-being. And it's particularly the case when you're under stress. Then there's the practical side of it. If you are feeling a little bit worried about money, maybe it's making sure that you're talking to somebody, an expert, talking to someone who can give you advice can be very helpful and can relieve and calm down that amygdala. Looking and talking to colleagues outside of your business, someone who's going through what you're going through because human beings are social. We need to connect and talking and discussing with others about the things that we're going through is really, really helpful. And I would say that no matter what's going on in your life right now, I want you to look forward to something at the end of the day. So what we do when we have something to look forward to, and it might be, I don't know, a glass of ice cream, it might be, I'm going to walk with the kids or I'm going to spend some time with the dog, whatever it is. If we've got something to look forward to at the end of the day, we are able to, to manage better because that gives us dopamine because dopamine is actually the neurotransmitter that we often think of as being about reward, but it's actually the anticipation of reward. If we've got something to look forward to, our brains are wired to look forward to that and get us through those stressful periods and putting in and topping up so that you're not just dealing all the time with the dross or the difficult things, that you're actually putting some joy in, making sure that you're maybe watching a TV program at the end of the day, like giving yourself some time to unwind. I like to ask people to bob. And bob is, I want you to breathe some time today, spend some time with deep breathing, because when you breathe, it sends a message to the amygdala to calm down. I want you to spend some time observing. And what that means is spending some time noticing what's in your environment. What can you see? What can you hear? What are you tasting right now? And that brings the brain back to the present. We're not in the future. We're not in the past. We're right now. And that gives our body a chance and our brain a chance to switch off and then switch back on. Looking now to the partnership Census has with Are You OK? with John Allen, CEO of Census, and Catherine Newton, CEO of Are You OK? John, firstly, what programs does Census have in place to help their employees? 
of course, like many large corporates, Census has an EAP program. And whilst that's confidential, what we can see in a little bit of the data is that most of the support they get relates to things in the home environment. It's not so much work, but I think during COVID, we really learn as the two environments have mixed together that that's uh, critical. We need our employees to be happy at work, but also to be happy in their home environment as well. The other initiative we have is Wellness News at Work Initiative, which we set up during COVID. And the reason we did this is we were worried about the stress of working from home. For many people with children, we were seeing uh, a feedback from them that things were really difficult to get balanced correctly. So that uh, program uh, is workshops and podcasts that uh, deals with things like managing stress, working from home, schooling from home, and finding the right balance. I think the other thing that's been really imperative for us as a business, in the last year, we introduced our 20 employee care representatives. So these are our most trusted, respected uh, volunteers in the business, employees that have been trained in mental health first aid. And that means that staff in our organisation can go to them confidentially, seek support or referral Now, I must also say, of course, we've been volunteering for RUIK for a number of years, and there's a real learning for that for us, is that when we started that support for RUIK, really was as us kind of thinking about supporting a charity. But what we saw is our employees, as they got to understand RUIK more effectively, we've seen them become... I guess, so much more aware. And I think that's flowed through the whole business for census. So that's been a really big benefit that we really didn't understand when we started that volunteering program with the staff. Catherine, are you okay? Has a range of resources to encourage business leaders, owners and employees to build an are you okay culture in their workplace so that everyone feels safe, supported and encouraged? Can you tell us about those resources? Sure. Are you okay is a question for anyone at any stage of life, in any job, of any age, regardless of your situation. It's almost an entry point to starting that conversation. It may not be suicidality. It may not be mountain illness. It could be one of life's many challenges. And what we've seen during the pandemic is that we've actually had a window into people's home lives. So things like relationship problems, grief, parenting, they're all things that go on outside of our workplace. And it's important as leaders and managers that we acknowledge that home doesn't stop when we come to work. For some people, work is a safe place. And so what we need to do is ensure that we're building a culture of looking out for those who we work alongside. That's about checking in with your colleagues How are things going for you? How are things at home? I know that you're going through a bit of a tough time at the moment, such as you've lost someone, or I understand you're having some relationship breakdowns, or you've just become a new parent and your world has turned upside down and you're not getting any sleep. So these are things that we can open a conversation around by having a simple question of, are you okay? But what we do with our resources for workplaces, which go across industry, is to show that there is more to say after Are You OK? Now, of course, having posters up in the staff room and cupcakes on Are You OK Day is great. Really, really happy to see that. But what I really encourage people to do is to have a more meaningful all-year-round culture that repeats the communications around who your peer supporters are, what your peer support programs are, your EAP. Have that authenticity from leadership down. It really comes from a whole of organization. And regardless of where you are on the journey, regardless of how big your organization is, you may be a two-man cafe, you may have thousands of people in your organization, but just get on that journey. 
This is about supporting people through one of many or multiple life challenges. John, Census is an official partner of Are You Okay? How did this partnership come about and why is it so important for Census? Our relationship with Are You Okay? started back in 2015 and it really started with the Are You Okay? ambassadors being on the front of our yellow and white pages print directories. Now, we asked many charities to come and talk to us that we felt needed our help that year. And really what struck us with RUIK is, one, we could help them. They needed our help in driving awareness of the message really into people's homes. So through those millions of books that land on your doorstep and go into everyone's home each year. But importantly, where we felt we could make a difference in improving people's mental health across Australia and reducing suicide. I think for us, it resonated with, I remember, with our team really heavily because I think at some point we've all been touched with, unfortunately, suicide at some point in our life and that we wanted to help reduce that. Now, of course, things have rolled forward from that day and we now produce the website for Are You OK? And we've been doing that for a number of years. But the other important element is we identified small businesses need help in helping their employees. And we felt the RUIK message would be perfect for that. So we also developed with RUIK the Small Businesses Handbook. And this has been downloaded and printed thousands of times across Australia. And remember, small businesses, many of them don't have HR departments. They really can't afford to have resources to support their staff in many ways. So giving them the handbook was really designed to help them ask the right question, ask, are you okay? And then be able to deal with that appropriately in a really simple message. And small businesses have absolutely loved it as a terrific tool for for really any business in Australia. Catherine, there is a legal requirement under workplace health and safety legislation across Australia to ensure not only the physical health and safety, but also the psychological health and safety of employees. What would your advice be to businesses to make sure they meet this requirement? My advice to businesses would be to take this seriously. You know, for many, many years, for those of us who have been around for a while, the physical health and safety has always been at the forefront when you're inducted into an organization and that constant reminder. Mental health has to be on the same field. We know that there are the legal obligations. It's our duty of care to provide an organization and a culture that is psychologically safe, which means that people feel that they can speak up, people feel that they can disclose people can feel that they can put ideas forward and that they are really are seen and heard. And when we think about that in an are you okay context, it's very much about communicating to your employees that there's more to say after are you okay. So you can embed a culture of asking the question, but what do you do if someone says no, I'm not okay? And this is where there's a plethora of help seeking pathways that you can point them to. The first thing to do is to listen. And you don't have to be a leader or a manager to listen. You don't have to be great friends with someone who you work alongside. There are always going to be those boundaries. But allow someone the time and the space to talk about what's troubling them. And from there, the next step will be to encourage some action. So that's, have you thought about talking to your reporting manager about this? Have you thought about booking an appointment with your GP? Have you thought about going online? Perhaps we can do that together now. And having a look through the things that you're talking about, how long have you felt this way? So it's about helping them find one way to recovery. Now that for someone might be simply talking and being heard, being listened to. 
For others, it's going to take those greater steps, which is why it's important to upskill your staff into mental health first aid and also to equip yourselves by going to the Safe Work Australia website. I would point out that a really important step is to follow up with someone. If someone in your team, your organisation tells you that they're not doing okay, it's really important that you check back in with them. You can say, is it okay if I check back in with you in a couple of days or next week? How did you go with that thing we talked about? How are you feeling now? Because when someone feels that there's been an authentic conversation that they have been listened to, it can make for a much more productive and successful workforce. Catherine, why do you think it is important for organisations to partner with mental health charities? I think it's certainly important for organisations to consider the importance of partnering with a mental health charity such as Yellow have done with Are You OK? The reasons being is that it's, it allows team members and employees to see that there's validity in what they might be going through, that there is indeed mental health challenges for everyone, that no one is immune to this. And it doesn't matter where you work or who you work for, it's likely that everyone is going to face a challenge at some point during their work in life. And so I think when there's a partnership such as Are You OK and Yellow, it allows an opportunity for communications and messages and stories to be repeated. And I think that's really important with mental health and suicide prevention. It's not just a tick a box exercise. And that's certainly something that Yellow have really embraced. It's not a tick box exercise. It's not just for Are You OK Day. It's something that has to be embraced all year round. Catherine, you've got a lot of experience working with businesses, small, medium and large. What is the first step for a small business or any business looking to engage in a partnership that gives a business tools to protect the mental health of their employees? The first thing I'd absolutely encourage is to ask your staff, what do they want? What do they need? It's really important that we don't assume that people are going through something that they're handling in a certain way, that they work as we think that they work. So the first step is absolutely to ask. And the second is to just get on the journey. Do your research, find which organisation speaks to you, find which resources speak to your staff. And I would really suggest monitoring it, survey your teams or ask face-to-face, how is this going? How are you finding this relationship? Because it's important that it's working for all of us and not just assuming. Thanks, JK, Fiona, John and Catherine for chatting with me today. Thanks for listening to The Grow Podcast. For future episodes, be sure to subscribe. This podcast is proudly brought to you by Census, Australia's number one supporter of small and medium-sized businesses. This episode talks about issues of mental health. If you or someone you know needs crisis support, call Lifeline on 13 11 14, available 24-7.